It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Now the Trump administration is getting pounded for debating this. So why is it Inslee? And it's the tale of two Michaels. At 4 p.m., local NASCAR Pro Series driver Brittany Zamora will join us to discuss her latest venture. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And yes, the snow has begun again. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Just in time for the afternoon commute. Of course. How else would you have it? At 2 o'clock in the morning when nobody's on the road? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, be prepared, people. It's coming down. Supposedly anywhere between one to three inches. We'll see how it goes. Uh, 547-1610 if you want to get involved in the program. Also via email, 610kona.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and we're on Twitter at bottom line 610. Uh, so the articles of impeachment have officially been signed and sent to the Senate. And... For anybody that is out there that still may have a question as to whether or not this is politically motivated or not, let, let, let me let me let me give you a little little insight onto how despicably politically driven this is. I don't recall in the nineties when the House of Representatives signed and sent over the articles of impeachment for President Clinton, that there were dozens of pens created for the occasion that would be given out to House members in celebration. Oh, to mark the uh, historic occasion? To mark the occasion. Oh, good. But yeah, that was the case today as a solemn, heartbroken, disappointed Nancy Pelosi, smiling, signs the articles of impeachment with dozens of pens created to give members of the House Democrats to commemorate the occasion. What, the T-shirts weren't ready yet? T-shirts apparently weren't ready. Coffee mugs are on hold. Okay. Uh, but yes, so so if you're wondering whether or not, <laughs> that's all you need to know, is that they made dozens of pens to commemorate an impeachment. You don't do that if that is something that you are upset about or you feel is a last resort. No, you do that when you think the that three plus years of hard work in trying to get somebody out of office may finally be nearing its end and you think you may have a chance. That's what you do for a celebration, not for an ominous occasion. No, it is a celebration because there are Plenty of people in this country who are celebrating this right now. This is, look, whether it's a chicken or an egg type of argument. But the bottom line is that the lawmakers, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all all of them, are either causing or reacting to the people who are very happy that this is out there because why they think it's actually going to lead to him being ousted 
It's even not. Though, <laughs> even though there's no indication that it's going to go that way in the Senate. Um, look, if you want to celebrate somebody being impeached, I, I don't recall there being too many uh, impeachment celebration parties uh, going on after Clinton was impeached. But see, that's 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 so old history, it doesn't matter. And they don't teach history in school anyway, so the millennials probably don't even know that Clinton, you know, the the chosen one of the Democratic side before Obama, uh, was impeached. Wasn't removed from office, but was impeached. So, yeah, it's political. This this whole thing is political. You know, it, and and for the record, Mitch McConnell is playing politics. You know, he is playing politics because he knows he knows what cards he holds. Nancy Pelosi knew what cards she held and they're just playing their cards. But here's the thing, everyone knows the cards that both sides are playing and we know how this game is going to end. So it's just a big charade in an election year in an effort to sully the reputation and record of the president so he doesn't get reelected that it, the focus was a few years ago to keep him from winning i.e. taking office that didn't work then phase two began can't okay we we can't do this let's try kicking him out if that doesn't work we definitely want to drag him through the mud so he doesn't get reelected because God knows what he might do next. Okay, that's what this is all about. <clears throat> this is the third impeachment trial that we have had. The only president to be impeached by both houses was Bill Clinton. He's the only one. And then it followed with a censure. Andrew Johnson was not convicted by the Senate. In fact, on one of the charges. They came up one vote short, one vote short of the necessary two-thirds majority at that point in time. And he was not convicted on the other two articles, and then the trial was adjourned. So he was impeached by the House. The Senate did not vote to impeach him. He finished his presidency. Bill Clinton was censured because he was found guilty in both houses. Donald Trump will not be found guilty in the Senate. No. And unlike Bill Clinton and Andrew Johnson, Donald Trump will get reelected. I think there's a, a, you know, anything is possible, but it sure does look like he will be getting reelected. It, it would it would be, I, I do not know a single person right now who's vying for the nomination for the Democrat Party, who has a chance of getting it, who is going to beat him. Okay, I, but let's be fair, though. Sure, anything Nobody, can happen. Anything can happen, and half the country thought it was a slam dunk for Hillary Absolutely. last time, too. So Until I, Florida. I just, I just, you know, I, I take the measured approach. You know me. But, yeah, I mean, it, it sure does look like he's being set up to get reelected. I finally have my answer, though, Rob. And it, it's one of those things where you don't realize it until after it happened. I realize now, whether it was on purpose or not, why Nancy Pelosi waited until today to put those 
beautiful new pens to work on the impeachment documents. Today is the same day that Trump signed a trade deal with China. Of course. So the phase one deal, the phase one deal, which is good news. It is a thing that under normal circumstances is applauded by both sides and is something that candidates can get reelected on. But it comes on the same day that he is that the articles of impeachment are sent over. It's controlling the news cycle. And yep. And. I'm well aware of that tactic, but we were wondering, well, why is she waiting? You know, we thought it might be Monday, and then it wasn't Monday, and it wasn't Tuesday. Well, why today? Okay, well, it's the the same. The phase one deal was supposed to be signed on the weekend. Yes. And there was a delay to that. That's right. Because they weren't going to send the articles over on a Saturday. We know that. That would involve extra work. Well, not only that, it would drop into the void of the news coverage. It's, exactly. Again, it's a controlling the narrative, controlling the news cycle, keeping that, that pounding barrage of stories about Orange Man bad, and here's what we're doing, and you know, here's how we're, we're combating this tyranny that's going on in the country. And so, but now I realize why Wednesday. It's because she got tipped off that today the China deal was going to get signed. And so, here's, and here's so the that thing. falls way by the wayside with all the most, I won't say all, most of the news coverage that a historic deal with China that Trump has been working on for some time now uh, is, has been agreed upon and signed. It's a, it's a good thing. But no, everybody's going to talk about the march across the rotunda and the delivering of the articles of impeachment. And and uh, isn't this a sad, <clears throat> happy day for the country? For 18 months, the trade war with China has been at the top or close to the top of the news cycle. This bitter trade war that has taken its toll on certain U.S. industries, that has to come to an end, that the president was being berated for by Democratic lawmakers, Democrat lawmakers, that this this has to come to an end. The only thing that could have knocked that signing out of the top of the news cycle was this. The only thing that could have knocked it from the top of the news cycle of this agreement being signed was the articles of impeachment being signed. So, yes, absolutely she knew that this was the day she was going to send it over. And so I now, guess for that, congratulations. I don't know. You, well, won, you won the day? Hey, okay. She, she, she won the day. She won the news cycle battle for Wednesday. But the war is far from over. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547-1610. If you want to get involved, we're on Twitter, bottom line 610. You can also hit us up via email. 610kona.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you'd like to say, like Frank in Kennewick is done. He said, just a thought for the day. Regardless of impeachment, 
I feel that given the president has entered guilty pleas and paid restitution in court, first about fraud over his university and fined $25 million, more recently pled guilty to fraud of his charity and fined $2 million, resulting in he and his family are banned from sitting on a charitable board all while being in office is a deal breaker. You're either supportive of fraud and corruption or you're not. People gloss over these facts like, oh, well, but then you can no longer scream about fraud and corruption around anybody, don't you think? And, well, Frank, not necessarily. And here's why I say that. The president... Any elected official, in fact, is only able to be charged, judged, or whatever based on what they do while they're in office. Anything they do outside of that office is subject to whatever happens outside of that office. But you can't take something that someone has done or been involved with five, ten years ago that has gone through something and comes out with a negative result and put that on their time in office. It's what they do while they're there. So if it is found that there was something improper that happened with Ukraine, okay. That happened while he was that happened while he was in office. But we have had I mean if you want to take that that angle and that thought, there are more people probably in right now that you're going to have question marks about anything they do than than who are not in right now. It's not about so much being supportive of fraud and corruption as it is looking at the job that's being done, looking at what the individual is doing while they are in office. Because seriously, if there's anybody, if there's a human being on the face of this planet that deserves more scrutiny than they've received, it's Hillary Clinton. So if you're going to talk about fraud and corruption, and you're going to talk about side deals, and you're going to talk about ruining charities and funneling money out of charities. You're going to talk about using money improperly and using your office improperly. The Clintons are at the top of that list, all the way from Arkansas through the White House to the Secretary of State position. So the way I see it is this, and it's the way I hold it across the line for everybody. What you do in your office is what you are responsible for, not what you've done before, not what you've done after. If you have something that you do outside of that office and you're found guilty of, that's not a reflection upon what you do in your office because it happened ahead of time. It was beforehand. It's a separate matter. I care about the president, what the president does, and how it reflects on the president's office. There are plenty of people who have served who have had issues outside of the time they were in office. Here's the thing, though, and I agree with you, and I happen to follow that similar philosophy, uh, you know, when I'm voting or, or how I view politicians in general. But that's not the case for a lot of people, though. And people like who they like, and they like them for different reasons. There are still a lot of people who like Hillary Clinton, and if she was running again, they would vote for her. Sure. Twice in many districts. (laughs) But the the point is that what you judge as a success or what you judge is valuable to somebody in office is different. I mean, everybody has their own reasons for for voting the way they do. That's kind of what makes America great. Now, you can disagree with the standards of of what other people think is is important, um, look, there were. I, I hate to say this, but I I know it's true uh, because I know people who did. 
voted for Obama simply because he was African-American and they wanted the first African-American president yep. uh, to to be put into office. Is that a good enough reason to elect somebody to the highest office in the land and arguably the most powerful powerful position in the world? Not particularly. But for some people it is. But for some people it is. So it does it, on some, to to some people this president could cure cancer and they wouldn't vote for him. He could do pick the greatest thing that could ever be done. And they would not vote for him. Why? Because they don't like him. They don't like whatever it is uh, about him. And there's, trust me, there's plenty not to like about him. Uh, but there's also some things to like about him. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. If you'd like to join the conversation as the snow continues to come down, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in a bad mood again, Rob. <laughs> The snow, I swear. You can also email us by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. I just got a little distracted looking out the window, looking at this no, it, winter wonderland. But, 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 but I, this is but this is the this is the this is the thing that we always struggle with when we come to talking about elected officials. We we should hold them to a higher standard. I do not disagree with that. If you are going to run and ask for the public's trust, you should be held to a higher standard. But they're also human. They're not perfect. And we, we expect, we've gotten to a point that we expect absolute perfection. We expect flawlessness from our elected officials. It's not going to happen. They're going to make mistakes. It's just the depth of the mistake that they make. Well, that's the thing is if we like somebody, we are we are more willing to overlook indiscretions and bad things and if it's not if it's somebody we don't like we're more apt to uh blow the little things out of proportion let's go to the phones quickly you're up on the bottom line who's this where are you calling from this is brock from othello hi brock what's up hey uh so everybody has this issue with trump but my issue is what is it about him that made everybody all of a sudden a mind reader and a geopolitical expert? Like, I'm just sick of people. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I get it. And I don't know. When 10 years from now, when we look back on this time, um, it'll be interesting to, to see how this era is viewed. I mean, is, is Trump the, the guy that led us over the cliff to, you know, crash the United States as we know it. Well, that's what a lot of people believe is, you know, is he going to usher in a new way of how we look at the presidency and even any elected officials or even the media or any of those entities that have had a lot of power in this country over, well, for a very long time. Gotta take a time out. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can do so via email as well. Go to the website, 610-KONA.com, the bottom line page, and fill out the form. Before you know it, your email is in our hot little hands. Stay with us. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610-KONA. 
the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610 is the number. Skyview Law, the leaders in family law in the Tri-Cities. Over 10 years of experience, you're going through a divorce, the end of a long-term relationship, and there are a number of things that have to be decided, namely assets, parenting plan needs to get put together, alimony, child support. Talk to Jared and his team. Do not go through it by yourself. It is a hard road to hoe. Don't go it alone. Contact Jared and his team, skyviewlaw.com. The office is on on George Washington Way in Richland. Get a hold of them today. Find out why Skyview Law truly are the leaders in family law in the Tri-Cities. 547-1610 is the number. You're up on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Gary, calling from Kennewick. What's on your mind today? Um, I, I heard a comment about socialism earlier, and I just wanted to make a comment that it's not all, you know, it's, it's not what it really is, what people say it is. Uh, I lived in a socialist country, Finland, for 10 years, and it's not a very good thing. So I just wanted to say that, you know, it's, it's there's just so many disadvantages of socialism. People need to understand it before they these politicians like Sanders and and uh, Warren they talk about it all the time and I don't think they've ever lived in a country with socialism so how would they possibly know I, I don't understand it so anyways that's just my comment you might be one of my favorite callers of all time <laughs> I, I, I literally <laughs> for four years I have been saying if you want to experience socialism, Go live in a socialist country for a minimum of six months and see how you like it before you tell everybody how wonderful it is. Thank you for that call. Thank you for your comments, because there are so many people that don't realize what the negative impacts on the population are. For the governments, it's a wonderful thing. Because they control every aspect of your life. But again, and I've mentioned this before. It's the idea of socialism. And what I mean by that is everybody is, in a lot of respects, equal in a socialist society. You don't have any chance of going up at all. You have a chance of going down further. But socialism is is being packaged as this idea that we all have been searching for for this so long where everyone is equal. Well, if you mean everyone of the public is equal, yes, there are some facets to that. Yeah, they're equally miserable. That's that's right. Uh, but there are it, there's still classes in socialism. And look, and, and I appreciate the last caller also. Um, and uh, forgive me, I don't. I'm not up on uh, Finland and their. Oh, I am on their socialism. But he he mentioned about Bernie Sanders. Keep in mind, I I don't believe he ever lived there, but he went to the Soviet Union several times. You remember what the Soviet Union, what the full name was? It was USSR, the United Social uh, Soviet Socialist Republic. So it was a socialist society back in the day. So he's been there, and he's visited the USSR back then, and he's still an advocate for it. So, again, appreciate the call. Cuba. But, but one, That's thing right. wanna, one thing I want to mention, and I'm glad he brought up Finland, because Finland is one of the countries that 
those that are fans, and they, they like to call it now democratic socialism, that they're fans of is they'll point to Finland and, and talk about how wonderful it works. Well, Finland was the first country to put into effect a full um, universal income, universal basic income, mm-hmm. UBI, what, what Andrew Yang is proposing. Oh, right. Okay? They, they were the first country to put in a full universal basic income. They stopped it after 18 months. Why did they do that? Because they couldn't afford it anymore. Oh, that. Let me guess. Let me let me just I'm going to I'm just going to look into my crystal ball and I'm going to take a a wild random guess here. At the time, there was probably a lot of rich people and who put money into this. And after a while, the rich people either stopped being rich or they stopped living in Finland and supplying money to the rest of the of the public and that's why it failed i just i'm the, i'm going to guess that right the, the 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 leader in finland and i don't want to i don't know if he's a premier president or prime minister but the head of the government said we can't do this anymore we don't have the money we 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 can't afford to do this anymore you know denmark was another one that has been lauded as a socialist mecca well keep in mind these countries are fractions of the size of the united states yeah fractions of the size of the united states okay that's one thing the other thing is is denmark like many of them offer free education well there are no jobs in denmark so what do they do they take the free education and they go somewhere else and use it so there's no return on investment and the central bank in denmark has been in the negatives for years which means They can't lend money because there's no interest coming back. So that's what you get with a socialist society. But as you continue to hear these poundings, it's not about making life better for you. Socialism is not about making life better for you. Socialism is about government control and government dictating your life. And people in government that like socialism, like Bernie Sanders, has seen how effective government control has been in Cuba and was in the USSR. And Bernie likes the power part of it. He doesn't care about how you're going to live. Bernie likes the power part. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Gary again calling from Tenement. I just wanted to add to your comments that about, you know, life in Finland. Um, it, socialism doesn't motivate people. I, you know, after living there for 10 years and working with Finns, they're great people, but it doesn't motivate people. And, and that's what people don't understand. It's super expensive. You just pay super high taxes. I made a, you know, uh, that's another thing, too, is there's only two classes in Finland. You have about 3% rich people and everybody else is about the same. You have a lower middle class. That was another comment I heard yesterday about middle. There's no such thing as a middle class in a socialist country. It's lower middle class and then a few rich people, and that's it. And uh, uh, the, the people there, you, you pay super high taxes. And um, we can't even fathom it. And, and I just you know want listeners to understand that it's just not so... It, it's not like what they make it out to be. And, and let me guess, there's no property ownership either, correct? Um, there is property ownership in, in a socialist country like that. You can't own property. It's a lot more difficult and a lot more expensive, but you can do it. And what are you? And how high are, how high are your taxes on property ownership? Um, I'm not sure. I just know that it's expensive, and I, I just take a salary. Uh, Average salary maybe sixty thousand. You're going to pay about forty percent tax 
off your paycheck. So, and the rich people, most rich people in Finland, they leave the country because they can't afford to stay there. The max, the max tax is 60%. percent. Mm. So you don't stay there if you're rich. It's just it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right, Gary. Thanks for your call and your comments. We really appreciate it very much. So it's good perspective. It's a you great know, some, perspective. Some this, a decade uh, living in a socialist right. country. Well, and, and laying some, it out, and it's something that most of us um, have not and will not experience again. I, I I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this is this is where this is coming from. It's the idea. It's the idealistic view that there is a society out there functioning where no you know that uh, that everybody is on equal footing financially services everything and that the government takes care of you you don't have to worry about anything so you know what for some people that's a great thing but for but to go to go from our structure of government to socialism I, I guarantee you there'd be a civil war before that happens. Uh, it, it, it would have to be it would have to be an armed takeover of the country to change it to socialism. The others the other socialist countries have slowly over time moved into it with the with with a few exceptions. I mean Cuba was one that was yeah, an Cuba's armed still there. Right. Well, and that was an armed situation where it was it was forced upon people, but people evolve into socialism. And, uh, you know, I don't I'm not sure if those that are for that ideology here in the United States want it done slowly over time, like some of the other like Finland and some of the others, or they want it done yesterday. It's hard to tell sometimes, but but that's where this comes from. It's, It's this idea that, look, everyone, the idea of everyone living equally there is there is a big difference between fair and equal. People mess those two terms up all the time. Fair is not equal. Equal is not fair. Well, nothing's fair well, if you really true. want to boil it down. But our generation lived in fear of communism. Yeah. Communism was was bad. Yeah. Okay. When the fall of the Soviet Union, the talk about communism began to slowly fade because Cuba was no threat. They were absolutely impoverished. The big threat was the USSR, and China wasn't anywhere near what it was about to become. So, And, and we didn't look at them as having any kind of an effect on us because of how far east they were. Now, China has evolved to a degree where Hong Kong is extremely capitalistic, mm-hmm. but yet there are socialist elements that the government still controls. Cuba is still desolate. Venezuela is horrendous. But the generations here now don't didn't live under that threat or fear of socialism, communism taking over the country. Now they look at it as, oh, well, this would be a nice thought. This would be a nice idea. Newsflash. When Karl Marx was pushing socialism, Karl Marx wasn't pushing an economic standard. No. He was pushing an ideology. There was never anything economically associated with what Marx wanted to do. 
He just wanted everybody to have all the same stuff, and this is how it was going to work, and working people would control everything and so on and so forth. Well, that's nice, but here's the thing. If you turn a bottle upside down, eventually everything's going to run out of it. And that's what you do when you put those that don't know how to lead, govern, or manage at the top, and you put those that do at the bottom. It all runs out. You don't have control. You have chaos. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Art from uh, Kennewick. And uh, on socialism, it's quite unfortunate that... Uh, they say that at least half the people in the Democrat Party believe in socialism. And I think in the schools, they're teaching uh, the kids wrong with uh, they shouldn't be getting into politics. And uh, they're pretty, most of the teachers are pretty liberal. And uh, I think what we need to do is keep politics out of the school. And I think what they need to do is start teaching them to read and write. We hear how hard it is for the teachers to go ahead and and teach. Well, I think some of them are making it hard on themselves. They're not teaching correctly or the right things. So uh, anyway, socialism is bad, and uh, we need to get back get back to the basics. In fact, both parties I think are getting a little bit too liberal, even the Republicans. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Art. Appreciate it. The one thing to keep in mind with all that is that. Uh, they used to teach an element of politics in school that was non, non-affiliated. non It was called civics. Yeah. Or government. Government. Something like that. We could get back to teaching that. Mm-hmm. Just how things work. Yes, without any... Instead of saying, without this any is how buttons. it works and why it's bad and needs to be changed. Yeah, without wearing any you know campaign buttons or what you think it should be. Just teach civics and government. That'd be good. place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, got a couple emails to share with you from Jim in Kennewick. Said, I didn't vote for the president in 2016. I voted for Evan McMullen, but in 2020, I will be voting for Donald Trump. The swamp needs to be drained and term limits set. Keep the rubber side down, everyone. Uh, and James followed up with, it'd be interesting to see how many Americans have moved to socialist countries compared to how many people flee those same countries. Well, remember, James, when uh, the president got elected, uh, all of those uh, celebrities that were going to move to Canada, because Canada's got elements of socialism, and um, they're, all, they're all still here. None of them left. Not a single one of them have moved. They're all still here. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? It's Bernie. What's up, Bernie? Hey, you got your snowshoes on? Yep. Watching it coming down, man. Watching it coming down. Well, I've missed most of your program this afternoon, except I've heard from ABC News yesterday and today but the Democrats say they have a lot more evidence to impeach and uh, witnesses to uh, have testify against Donald Trump. Have you heard much about that? Oh yeah, that's what they say. They have a they they claim they have a guy who's got a bunch of notes 
um, who were handwritten, uh, some that aren't dated, so you can't really verify where they were from. Apparently, this this same uh, guy that they're very happy about also has been under investigation for fraud and corruption involving Russian agencies, some of which uh, he, I believe, was involved in some donation issues with the Clinton campaign in 2016. So I'm going to reserve judgment on exactly how credible this guy is, unless he has some kind of a smoking gun, which we haven't seen yet. Uh, but, but this I'll, is this is also part of the reason why, of you know, appreciate the call, Bernie. The, absolutely. The uh, the delay and the tactics that are being used, it's in an effort to kind of keep this case open. That it's a it's a running impeachment, if you will. It, at any given time, if something is done that the Democrats think is off base or even illegal. They want to be able to add that, but that's not how it works. Well, in the other the part articles of, this... of impeachment are I mean, what will be covered in the Senate trial is what was covered in the House uh, under Adam Schiff and, you know, in the minority party, party, Devin Nunes and all that. That's what's going to be covered in the in the Senate, not if something happens today or gets added two weeks from now. That's not going to be a part of the situation. But uh, look, and the other thing is, this is not new evidence. This has been there. The House could have used it in their hearing, in their yeah. trial, but they chose not to, trying to find a way to mortgage the, the Senate to be able to do some of their bidding, and it's not going to work. This stuff is not brand new. These aren't new revelations. No. These have been there. This isn't an effort, again, to stretch things out, to extend as far into 2020 and affect the election as as possible. Let's go to the phones uh, real quick. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Renee from Prosser. Hi, Renee. Uh, there was a uh, theory I heard. Nancy Pelosi waited until now so that Bernie Sanders could not make it to the Iowa caucus and he would have no chance to ca- uh, campaign in Iowa. He has to be here for the hearing. Oh, that's well, an interesting you know, theory. That is an interesting theory. Um, of course, there are a few, a couple of senators still that would it would affect Elizabeth Warren too. Yeah, yeah, it would. And Klobuchar. Yep, Klobuchar, who's running. Yeah, it won't affect Cory Booker. N- no, because he's he's not there anymore. Crassus took him down. Crassus did. Yeah, Crassus took down Spartacus. Yeah, that's so right. There's, there's no uh, again with no, Crassus. No, no, hey, look, <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, if he never would have stood up and said I'm Spartacus, none of this would have followed ever. That's true. But Kamala Harris won't uh, have to worry about Iowa either. No. So those two will be able to. And, you know, this is not to open up a can of worms as we're in our music to end the first hour. But um, I don't think the debate is something that Bernie is too concerned about as opposed to a certain investigative uh, piece that came out yesterday from Project Veritas. Um, That, you know, that's. You know, yeah, that 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 hopefully we'll get into that either next hour or the days to come. That's not going away. And that was a bit of a hit to the uh, to the Bernie campaign. But, you know, stuff like that is probably more burdensome. Well, and the stuff that launched all of this now is unraveling, too. And we'll get to that next hour as well. More of the bottom line coming up after this. (laughs) 